Hi and welcome to the Homeopathy Health Show. I'm Atik Ahmad Bhatti, a fourth generation homeopath with over 25 years of professional experience and practice in this field of healing. The Homeopathy Health Show is the online voice of homeopathy around the world, promoting and raising awareness of this truly unique system of healing, which is suitable for all ages, young and old. Every week I invite guests from the world of homeopathy to come and share their experiences, their work, offer insights and essentially talk all things homeopathy. Why not visit www.liketreatslike.co.uk and click on the radio and podcast button to listen to the latest episodes. So let's begin today's show here on UK Health Radio, the world's number one talk health radio. Hi and welcome to another episode of the Homeopathy Health Show with me, Atik Ahmad Bhatti. As always, it's a real pleasure uh, to be hosting this show. And I have a wonderful guest with me today, all the way from South Africa, Dr. Anthony DePontis. And he actually lives just outside the renowned Kruger National Park. And we will be talking about that, believe me. Now, Dr. Pontus has been in practice for over 27 years now and runs an integrative medical center in Nelspreet in South Africa. And he's also, alongside being a homeopath, he's also a functional medicine practitioner. And we are actually going to talk about autoimmune diseases today in this episode because um, Dr. Pontus is very passionate about autoimmune diseases and has a real skill set in treating patients who uh, come with a myriad of autoimmune diseases, which includes, of course, uh, which may include, should I say, vitiligo, Hashimoto's, uh, Graves syndrome, anxiety as well, and, and stress alongside that. So without further ado, uh, Dr. Anthony DePontes, absolute pleasure Thank you so much for uh, joining me. On the, I was going to say coming all the way to the UK, but for joining me from South Africa for today's podcast. Hey, greetings, Atik, and to everybody listening. It's good to be here. Let's uh, get the show on the road, and uh, let's hope we can get some of this uh, sparkly homeopathic magic from my mouth to you and your listeners' ears and get them uh, spiked and intrigued and uh just wanting to get more homeopathy going you know i, I know i'm biased but I, I say it's definitely the medicine of the future if you if you want to remain healthy if you want to keep your vitality anthony i wanted to actually ask you um, your journey to homeopathy so you've been in practice for 27 years now but looking back you know 27 years ago what was it that uh, caught your attention as such uh, as far as homeopathy is concerned so, Atik, I don't know if it's like this with everybody, but um, I know I'm a very uh, enthusiastic, very like one uh, like one track mind type of guy. So, what that means is, if I get a bee in my bonnet, that's what I'm doing. You won't change my mind over anything. And I was very uh, passionate about um, it's got to be natural, it's got to be right. Uh, and I also saw growing up the the dangers of allopathic medicine, and I was like, and maybe too much so. Like, uh, you know, they say a uh, bit of time mellows a person. So when I started, I was like so into it. It's just got to be natural. And uh, leaving school, I didn't want to go and do that. You know, all the friends were going to do the engineering and the, the typical guy 
type of professions that you would go and get in South Africa. And I just couldn't see myself sitting behind a desk all day, uh, plodding along on a computer or, or, or that type of thing. And uh, it just happened that they just started up a, a pretty in-depth homeopathic course uh, down in Durban. And I was that, that was me. And it was a, a long, hard, formative five years or thereabouts, six years. And uh, then you got all the information, all the theory, all the potential knowledge in your brain, but now you've got to apply it. And as you know, in homeopathy, it's, it's really individualized. You can go to different homeopaths and get different uh, remedies or different approaches to the cases. And then it was honing that in and trying to get good. And there was like, you know, a lot of competition. And even, you know, in South Africa, you, you know, are not favored as a homeopath. It's more favored towards the medical profession. So you've got to, you've got to fight for every bit of, piece of land or piece of a cake that you can get. Hmm. And so it was like that for quite a couple of years. And then it was, okay, where am I going to improve my skill set? Okay, let's do some functional medicine. That was the uh, the aspect of the time that I thought was really good. And it did help me tremendously to understand the physiology better, more to the degree where you can apply it clinically and help the patient. So, I mean, that also pulls into using homeopathy in a different uh, format, in a different way, okay? And we moved to Nalsprate, White River, and it was starting in a small town, and it was difficult to get the practice going initially, but it, it gathered momentum. And uh, then we come to the point where I can talk about now, we are into COVID or you know, virtual consulting and that was where everything really took off the the exposure was much bigger and mm. uh you know at that time i was like okay well this is just too overwhelming for me if, if you look at my age i'm not one of those guys that are born with a computer in their hand or a phone in their hand so it took a bit of time to to get that going and now you know as i say the rest is history and it's a lot of virtual consulting and i, I think i've honed a skill there and the, the practice is up and running but it's not just uh, a virtual consulting. It's applying the functional medicine with the patient that's over the screen. You know, it's quite different consulting a patient face-to-face -face and over the screen. Um, for me, anyway, because I'm a, a very much hands-on person and I've, I've got to see the, the glint in your eye. I've got to see that you are um, buying into the, to the, the treatment protocol and that you're invested. You know? uh, for me, it's very much... Listen, when I've finished with you, when I've finished with a consultation, I've got to have had my addictive fill, so to speak. I've got to feel uh, as much um, appreciated and that I've made a difference for the patient. It's not just about, okay, I've done the service, I've got the money, on to the next patient. Mm -hmm. That, uh, I mean, that is a thing that you can do, but it's so, what can I say? Mm, that would be so boring after a while. That would give me no enjoyment, no performance, and I'd, you know, I'd look to do something else, and it's got to be. Actually, let me give you. Let me give it to you another way. So, let's say I was consulting now. After I'd finished, I'd, I'd leave the room. I'd go, and if I'm consulting from my home, my wife would always say, "Ah, oh, I can see you've just seen a patient. You're all fired up and uh, enthusiastic." So, I get my dopamine rush from uh, being able to help the patient and see how they've moved from you know where they were or in their disease state or in their trouble state helping pull them over the next couple of months through to vibrant health or you know, releasing the disease process or getting more energy or whatever it is that they are, are looking for. You know? For me, it's very important or it's very, um, yeah, let me say important. 
that uh, we need to have forward movement. And sometimes, actually, it's not up to me. Sometimes it's up to them. Sometimes they don't want to be involved or they there because they think they want to be there, but they don't really want to be there. And that can also be shown in the the, the ability of their body to move forward. Now, I really believe, and, I, and I've seen it over these 25 to 27 years, the body is so good and eager at being able to heal and get its vitality back. But at the same time, there are so many triggers and blockages to that. So you have to be able to see that. So it's not just about, for me anyway, it's not just about giving the homeopathic remedy. You've got the homeopathic remedy. You've got the, what are the lifestyle factors that might be holding them back? The uh, emotional blockages. And when we talk about autoimmune disease, you'll see the, the emotions is one of the most important aspects that I uh, put on it if we're going to get to cure. Now, when I say cure, I'm, I'm meaning cure because if we look at, for anyway, autoimmune thyroid disease, if you look at the, the mainstream uh, media, the mainstream studies, they, they don't believe they can be cured. Well, I'm, I'm telling you a different story, but you have to do certain things to almost invoke the body's healing ability. And homeopathic remedies, the wonders there. Obviously, you, you need the, the buy-in from the patient, and often it is a, a process of re-educating them to understand how their body is working and getting them in touch with what it is that I'm actually feeling and this arthritic pain that I have. What's my body trying to tell me? Or the fact that I've got no energy. And I often apply to, hey, what's going on in your life right now? Why is that? Why did that pain only come on now? Or why have you been sick since? He has a, a beautiful homeopathic one. How come have you been sick since your dog died or since your, your uh, mother passed away or whatever it is that has a huge impact on the patient's vital force. You know about the vital force, but it's, it's getting that to move in, in a positive direction. Yeah, so, absolutely right. I, I With thyroid problems, for example, uh, thyroid conditions as such, I've had thousands of patients over the last you know decade and who've had underactive thyroids. And through the process of consultation, you know, we can use that word because they don't have an underactive thyroid anymore. So what does that mean? That means a cure, doesn't it? What else can it mean? And it doesn't come back and they don't need a trickle dose of of medicine. It's gone and they're living their life. So, you know, you, you spoke about the consultation process and the remedies themselves, but so much can be done in that consultation. And you spoke about the shift and, and how people change. And it's just about letting go, isn't it? Sometimes just talking about um, they say 50% of the cure is just being able to share it with somebody who can listen to you. Uh, so, so important, especially in today's society where everything is like, you've got five minutes or you've got 10 minutes or sorry, I have to go somewhere. I, sorry, I can't talk right now. It's so important, isn't it? That's it. what I call an instant gratification uh, society or generation where I want it and I want it now. And listen, I've taken, I've taken that medicine for a week now. Why aren't I cured? You know, uh, mm. no, this doesn't work. So, that's where I say there's a, a huge big awakening or a, a big education that is needed for the, the public at large, right? They, they haven't been brought up on, on that way of looking at uh, disease or, or health, you know? So it's the, the change in mindset and the, again, I'm going to, you have to have your emotions in check. To, to give you an example there, if you are holding a grudge or an anger or something like that, 
from a physiological perspective, that's going to put the brakes on your immune system. All right? Now you're going to be getting sick more frequently or the, the other way around. It's going to ramp up the inflammation. That, that's going to lead to a potential autoimmune disease. So we always want to look from the inside, looking out what is causing this. Cause being the, the major thing to look at. It's not uh, the fact that, okay, I'm just eating uh, a lot of sweets or, uh, you know, my thyroid is hyperfunction. Yes, but why? And this is the big thing that I find that people are almost, um, they, they capture them. They come to you with a thyroid condition. A lot of them do come already diagnosed. Okay. Oh, yes, I've got a hypothyroid and uh, yeah, my levels, my uh, thyroid levels, hormones are low. And I'm taking the levothyroxine or the euthyrox, whatever it is that they're on. And I've been on it for about 10 years. And they just look at the hormone, okay, which from one from one sense, that's great. Yes, we have to get your hormones working, but what if it's not your hormones? What if it's further up the line that you've got an issue, that the hormones are being uh, throttled because you've got a toxicity of heavy metals, okay? Or your, your halogens are, are blocking it. You've got a deficiency of some uh, nutrient that is supported to the thyroid. Well, you're never going to have your thyroid hormone in optimum function because of that. And then here's something that I've uh, recently got onto. You know, a lot of people, first of all, look at those hormone levels as the be-all and end-all. We can call it the holy grail to determine if they've got thyroid or not. Um, but what if you're, and, and this happens quite frequently, uh, the doctor scratches his head, mm, no, no, um, you know, Mrs. Smith, you're fine. Your thyroid levels and hormones are well within normal range. Then the patient scratches their head, oh, okay. Uh, why am I still feeling so um, under the weather? Why am I still so tired? Why, you know? And... It just says to me, it's not just about the thyroid hormone levels. You might have those thyroid hormone levels there, but what if your body doesn't have to use it? Or, uh, we say your cells are not sensitized to that thyroid hormone, maybe because you're, you've got a deficiency or an imbalance in potassium or calcium. That's not going to help you. And that's where most people are knocking on it. Okay, my thyroid levels, I'm trying to get my thyroid levels up. I'm taking the hormone, I'm taking even the... Uh, natural thyroid, which is a thyroid glandula, and it's it's helping, but I'm just not getting it. What people need to understand is it's not just those thyroid levels; it's the whole package. You know, in homeopathy, we talk about the equilibrium, uh, the balance. So, yes, you can have your thyroid hormone level, you, but you can have your emotions that are linked to that as well, because your emotions will push out your neurochemicals, which will help to stimulate or reduce your hormones. So, it's a whole long chain of events that has to be in in place and that's where i draw my inspiration from or, or that's how i get my thyroid patients uh, moving forward you know it's also changing a lot of their expectations because what do they think oh well i've had this for 10 years now i, I can't get better well i'm just going to carry on plodding along with, with the same old regime actually i'm tired of trying all these different things up almost in inverted commas i've given up I've just realized that I'm going to have this thyroid thing for the rest of my life. And, you know, they, it might be true. They might have that for the rest of my life because a lot of it's got to do with the mindset change. Or I just don't know how to change my mindset. You know, I've had such a hard life or I've had such a difficult situation. I don't know how to change it. That's what you, that's what you have to see for. And the change doesn't have to come overnight. It's slowly changing mental patterns. You know, you use the homeopathic remedies to help move that along. And uh, then before they know it, wow, 
yes, you know, my anxiety has improved tremendously, or I'm, I'm not fearful of the dark, or, you know, I'm not holding grudges so much. You know, the remedies that come to my mind specifically with a with the thyroid conditions are the remedies like Nat Mur and Staphysagra, the, the deep-seated emotional traumas that hold people back. Right? Now, then I also use the, the functional medicine aspect where you're looking at the, the physiology, where you could look at the neurochemicals. Dopamine is a big one, or arosine, um, all relating to hormone. Then the deficiencies, whether it be cal- uh, you know, potassium or the, the excess calcium, you get what's called a calcium shell that is formed, and it blocks the the body from or the cell from absorbing the appropriate nutrition in it, and acts as a um, a guard against trauma. You you calcify. That's that's good. It might keep you alive, but you're not functioning at optimum. So it's to again break down those those barriers so that your cell can be functioning optimally. The osmosis of the fluids coming in, et cetera, and the diffusion as it should be and the right uh, mineral content going through. And, you know, if you want to get up re- really there with homeopathy, the right thoughts and feelings coming through. And that often can be difficult today because, hey, I'm not just sitting at home relaxing. I've got a stressful job or I've got to be out there in the marketplace where there's this pressure and that pressure. And your body goes into this fight or flight mode. So you find that a lot of people with thyroid conditions, and they might just start off with a, Hyperthyroid, which is an overactive thyroid, or they might, this is more than all, but they go hypothyroid, which is a low uh, thyroid function. And they start off with that, but they, they're pushing and they're going and they're going as much as they can. They might even take suppressive medication. But what happens is they get an autonomic dysfunction, an autonomic dysfunction of the nervous system. So the, that autonomic nervous system regulates your body. Okay? And now they can't regulate properly. And when they're not regulating properly, they get the autoimmune situation. The body is attacking itself. And they don't mean it to your body is, you know, I use the example of, you know, a TKB was sitting here and we were chatting like this and all of a sudden I start punching myself in the head. You say, whoa, this guy's a bit crazy. Um, as soon as this uh, interview is over, I'm just like taking off my um, contact list. But that's what's happening in your body when you've got an autoimmune condition. All right, your body is attacking itself, okay, like punching yourself in the head. Your body is attacking itself now. Nobody who is not uh, insane is going to do that. So, your body has gone insane, it's lost some function and it's doing that inappropriate thing. But what if it doesn't know that it's doing that inappropriate thing? And that's what I'm talking about when you've got the autoimmune and your body cannot regulate properly. You see, so we've got to get the body back to being able to read itself getting the body back to be able to regulate itself. And you have to have that autoimmune uh, nervous system functioning at optimum, okay? Which means, just in a nutshell, and these are basics here, you've got to sleep properly. How many people aren't sleeping properly, okay? Oh, I've got too much stress here. Um, I'm working too hard. Maybe they diet on but whatever the reasons are, they're not sleeping properly. They cannot regulate. It's a, a process called autophagy. So I use an analogy like this. Um, so you drive your car and every, I don't know, is it 10,000 miles it's got to go in for a service? You take it in for the service and the next day you get it back and you drive your next 10,000 miles. You are not worried because you know it's not going to break down. It's been serviced, the oil has been changed, etc., etc. Now, us bodies, our human bodies, 
we also have a service interval. And our service interval is every 12 hours. Every 12 hours, we need to send it into the shop to get serviced. And those 12 hours are when we sleep. The body goes through a process of autophagy. It's you know, cleaning the oil and the filters. It's uh, renewing the cells, getting rid of the inflammation, however you want to you know, appropriately see that. So that for the next 12 hours, when we are on our feet, when we're working, our bodies can function properly. Our autonomic nervous system can um, apply what it needs to appropriately to our situation, to our environment, to what we eat, to how we think. Okay. So can you see how important it is? And now if I ask you, I mean, you there in London, you can, you know, if you had to rise up above the, the city centre, you'll see everybody's like ants rushing here, going there, getting the underground, whatever mm. it is. It's totally imbalanced. And that's why we get in these autoimmune uh, conditions. It's an imbalance in the way we are functioning. Our, our bodies are set to certain circadian cycles and rhythms, and we're totally against that or um, in contrast to that. And after a while, after a time, my body says, I just can't. And it uh, flips a trip switch and we would get the hypothyroid or you know, maybe adrenal dysfunction or whatever it is appropriate to the person. You know, in homeopathy, we talk about the miasmic influences. Well, those miasmic influences are going to be more pressure is going to be put on that. And, you, you know, you might have a soric issue happening. And if it's soric, maybe you're going to be looking at your psoriasis as the autoimmune condition. So you can track these things quite nicely. Um, the patients that are really uh, that really benefit are if they're really open to homeopathy and and then this is just my personal thing. If we can build a really good working relationship together, where they they can buy into the treatment, because I don't know if you've had this. Not I don't know you. Surely you must have had this. Also with, with, with patients, sometimes you can get an aggravation. And a typical example I use it was a patient recently. She had. Uh, some rheumatoid arthritis, which is also an autoimmune condition, and started treating her, and she was on all these drugs to start with from the from the medics to kind of keep her stable. In. And she actually came from a home that was very medically orientated, and I started to wean them off that and explain it to them and uh, educate them in this. And I think it was about three months later on the treatment, and we weren't having very good success, you know. And I was like, oh my goodness, I've got to, I've just got to keep them on the line almost for a, a little bit longer. And then the little girl, she was nine, she got uh, a flu or a fever. Okay, I thought, great. I said, please just don't take the antibiotics. Anyway, uh, very nice. They stuck with me and we didn't do that. And then after the the fever was over, I think we used Corsicum there to to help clear, to clear that with, with the joint pain. After the fever was over, the mother mailed me back. She said, oh, she said, my daughter's doing so well. The pain has left. She's got energy again, et cetera, et cetera. And we all know what that means with the, the um, Herring's Law of Cure and how the body was able to throw the disease process off because it was allowed to follow the, the route forward, you know. And now we're just continuing with rebalancing the mineral ratios. And uh, I'm telling you, that daughter is going to be healed of her rheumatoid arthritis. Now, I'm not just giving homeopathy the glory. We uh, definitely prayed for her and, um, you know, we agreed with the parents and they, they are uh, very big uh, Christians. And so that's what happened. And I believe the Lord touched that little girl as well. So it, that, those are the those are the nice histories that uh, really get me going and get me excited, enthusiastic. And, and it seems to be happening more and more. You know, those are cases that are very chronic and move forward very slowly. Yes, she was a 
a youngster, which was great, and that helps a lot. But um, even in, in adults that are older, it's also happening. There's so much knowledge that you have there, and uh, that's why I was listening intently, because there's an incredible amount of knowledge that you have, which is making such a difference to people's lives. And you, you, you spoke actually just at the end, you said about the fact that it's homeopathy and, and it's a few other things as well. And, and you know, you prayed for for them. And that really resonates with me because I, I pray for my patients every single day. You mentioned about the, the tests when we go for blood tests and they say, you know, because of your TSH levels or T3, T4, whatever, you have hypothyroidism. Let me just actually go back a little bit. So let's go back to the 1950s, 1960s. How would most uh, physicians diagnose? You had proper physicians then. They would be your doctor. They would use their, their skills to diagnose you, right? And they would maybe they'd tell you that you are hypothyroid. These days, the doctors don't use their skills so much. They just rely on these lab tests. And like I said to you, if you had asked me about a year ago, I'd say, yes, good, nothing wrong with that, except for the perspective of this. Most of the time, the lab tests that the people do are you cannot um, you cannot with certain say yes you hypothyroid with that or hyperthyroid with that okay they do the incorrect lab tests or the inappropriate lab tests and then you get the, the the point where a lot of doctors do they interpret it incorrectly so that the patient is left with a oh no uh, yeah I'm hypothyroid or I'm hyperthyroid but actually that might not be fully the case. It's got to do with the regular levels or are you looking at the functional levels of these lab tests? So there's a whole lot going around there. But, you know, here is the, what do you call it when um, you, your attention is being diverted? You're just looking at these lab tests, all right? So often what happens is the, the patient will come uh, back and the doctor will say, oh, yes, okay, your labs are, yeah, they're normal range. You know, the patient will think, okay, that's good. When they leave the office or how they, they're still feeling shocking, they're still feeling tired or they're still feeling like they've got constipation or depression or whatever it is. So they've still got the symptoms of the hypothyroidism, but because the lab test says, no, you're fine, the doctors know you're not hypothyroid. And often in many cases, they, they will tell the patient, listen, you need to go on an antidepressant or something because there's nothing wrong with your thyroid. And I'm putting less and less um, emphasis on those lab tests because you can have a lab test that uh, could say you're normal, and actually, what if your body is not absorbing or is not sensitized to that hormone? So your levels are fine, but your body's like, I don't use the word allergic to that thyroid hormone, but it's not being able to use it properly. So now, now where are we at? And this is where homeopathy is great. You need to look at the symptoms of the patient. Yes, use lab tests, but use them. They are secondary to how the patient is feeling. And it's great when you can put the two together, but you must be able to interpret that uh, properly or um, congruently. I'm on a different path, looking at different ways of checking and confirming the symptoms that the patient has with the more appropriate lab tests or way of confirming. See, the results are so far very, very promising what I'm finding out. If, if I take a, and I'm doing a thumb suck here, or I'm doing an average of, you know, if you've got an autoimmune disease, you must be looking at uh, at least 12 months to get yourself cleared up and cured. And 
the thing is, a lot of patients, they've had it for five to 10 years before they get properly diagnosed. And then they've had it for another five years. And, and now they're at the stage where, well, listen, I've had it for too long and they've got it in their heads that they can't get better. But you can, right? You've got to take one day at a time, one step at a time. And you've got to, what do they call it? Tika, uh, me up there, talk about retracing. I think it's called regressive deterioration, that mm. type of thing, coming back. Okay. And again, this is a, the beauty of when you can take the patient and have them under your care for like three to six months and you start to mold them. You know, you know what often happens is that the, the patient, I'm going to take the worst case scenario, they come to you, they're used to taking antibiotics with every infection, et cetera, et cetera. And after three months, they might phone you up and they say, oh, I've got this. I've got this UTI or I've got this uh, diarrhea or whatever the infection is. And, and I'm, you know, I'm just, this is really bad. I'm going to go and get some antibiotics. And you, and you just say to him, please listen, let's just do this. You take a bit of a case history and you say, okay, these are the steps. This is what you can do. Duh, 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 duh. And, you know, wow, I didn't have to go and get the antibiotics or that UTI uh, cleared up or, yeah, I'm doing much better. I managed to get around without it. And so you, you're building their faith. You're building them up. Okay, I can get better. I don't have to go that suppressive route. So, you know, you, you're working to clear the body or build up the immune system. 70 to 80% of the immune system is in the gut. And if you've been taking a lot of antibiotics, and uh, I'm sure it's the same there with you, most patients are on antibiotics. So the, the gut microbiome has been decimated over the years. Now you come in as a homeopath and they want you to fix the problem like that. But you've still got a, you've got a lot of groundwork to do. You've got to fix that gut up. You've got to fix the microbiome up. Right? You've got to reinstall, if I'm using computer technology now, you've got to reinstall the drivers for that immune system. And only then will everything work. So it's a it's a process that you've got to go through. And I won't say I'm successful all the time. There's some cases where they say, oh, no, I, you know, I've been with you for six months. I haven't seen any difference. And they and they either go off to another homeopath or they go back to their um regular medication hmm. but the process and the the duration of treatment for healing takes that time you can't you can't short circuit it the body's got to regenerate it's got to renew it's got to rebuild certain cells certain systems so you know even if you look at it just from a physiological perspective certain cells uh, can take um rebuild in five days like the stomach cells five days you can have a whole new stomach Okay. But if you're looking at nerve, brain, that, that can take a, a year or so. So you need that time to allow the body to restore itself. Uh, you know, it's such an interesting conversation and it's so interesting what you're saying because, <clears throat> excuse me, I also get patients who have come with a certain, whatever condition it is, and after a week I receive calls sometimes and they always say, generally that oh it's it's been a week and uh, nothing's happened and uh, how long will it take but it's interesting because i always have that same conversation which is you came to me you said you had this problem for 10 years now you tell me if you go to a gp and you say i want you to cure my problem in a week what will he or she say we have to go through a process and according to how you progress i can't tell you because you are unique you may improve within a month. It may take you six months. But in general, and I always give an average based on the condition, of course, that one is working on, you know, it's going yes. to take such and such. And I think it's a very positive step, isn't it, that doctor-patient relationship? Because it's also about 
education and awareness and, and acknowledging that disease cannot be, you know, you can't just take a paracetamol and, well, you can, but, you know, as, as far as an analogy for, you can't take a paracetamol for everything and be better in 20 minutes. It doesn't work that way. Yes, yes. Um, so, so my favorite is when they go through a healing crisis. If you can pull them out the other side of that healing crisis, it's almost like you've got a patient for life because they saw the the worst case scenario and they and they went through that in inverted commas that suffering with the, whether it be the fever or the diarrhea or whatever the elimination was. And that's when it's really important for you as a homeopath to be available to them to to egg them on, to give them the enthusiasm, to tell them, listen, just get into a warm bath, just bring the fever down or whatever it is, okay? And when they, you know, like that example that I gave you with that little girl that had their rheumatoid, um, when they come out the other side, they they different people because they feel the, the vitality from the vital force kicking in and they're feeling different and the, their mood is different, the emotional uh, interactions with life is different. And uh, that's always a... You, you've, you've won the race there if you can get a few of those going, you know. It's such a beautiful process. Now, Anthony, I must talk to you about Kruger National Park. Totally different subject, but it it's it's so important, I think, that you, the place that you're in can actually facilitate healing and climate and has a very strong link to health. So, where you are I, of course you've shared some pictures with me and um those pictures have already gone out the last several days uh before the podcast of course and it's it's such a beautiful place and sometimes if you're in a certain i mean i was going to ask you what your thoughts are about this but if you're in a certain place which is calming you know a bit of green maybe birds singing and it's you feel that calmness and no doubt that can help because you, you, we spoke earlier and, and you were saying about uh, in London and you know you go into London and it's just so manic it's non-stop and it's relentless and you're being if especially if you're using sort of the metro or the underground pushed yes. and shoved and and it doesn't help because it actually you know it uh, aggravates the stress levels even more and yes. it's so important, isn't it? Healing and to be at one with nature. However cheesy that sounds, but it's so true. Yeah, you know, I like what you said there. And uh, I, I just want to say to you, it's very easy for me to talk about these things and just do that and just do that. It's, to, to implement it is a different thing whatsoever. It is very challenging because you're changing your, your mindset, you're changing your actions, you're changing the way you do things. And I, I'm... Just as guilty, sometimes my wife has to say to me, listen, you've been too busy. Uh, I can see you're getting burnt out or you're exhausted. We need to get away for a weekend or uh, a week or whatever. And then we we just head to the park. And uh, when I'm at that stage, I'm like, actually, I don't even want to go for a game drive. But when we come in, we, we see the game and then we will go and be in the, uh, they, it's called the Rondavel. So, so it's like a it's like a roundhouse. It's a thatched little uh, house, and that's where we stay. We'll stay for the weekend, and just you know, there's no Wi-Fi. There's no, there's none of this. You're literally in the bush, far away from everything. You know, you have what we call a bry. I suppose what you call it is a barbecue there at night, and it's just the the stars, you, the fire, 
unwinding. That's so important. And then when we, when we come back home on the Sundays, like feel like a different person. And everybody needs to do that for healing. You know, you know we were talking about the uh, the circadian cycles, and just then you go to bed at a decent time. You're not up till late, and and, and burning the candle at both ends. It's just a, a rejuvenation. It helps to reset that autonomic nervous system that I was talking about. And well, when I get back on on the Sunday, I just be I'd be ready for work on the Monday then. But on the Friday when we left, I was totally exhausted. So it's a, it's a wonderful way to rejuvenate yourself. Just be there in nature. And it doesn't have to be at the Kruger Park. You know, if you've got some place where you can go to in your environment, which is because you, if you're looking at nature, you've got that what they call the Sherman frequency. It is, I think it's 8.77 or 7.88 hertz. Something like that, okay? And that just like grounds you and calms you and helps you to sleep better, et cetera, et cetera, you know? Um, you know, can I call it the, the silence or the stillness? Because I don't know if it's the, the same with you, but, you know, when you're working, everything's busy. The cell phone's ringing. This is happening. The TV's on. All of that. It's just all totally unnatural um, interactions that are affecting your body, the, the EMFs, et cetera, and just getting away is, is so needed. And it's part of the, the lifestyle factor changes that I'm trying to get the patients to put a bit of preference to and to see how important it is. You know, you, you get so busy, you don't realize, well, okay, I just need to take some time to stop. You just keep going, going, going. And that, and that burns out the adrenal glands, which then actually causes your thyroid to tank, and you're in that big mess because of that. Now you've got to reinvent yourself and you've got to reverse that process so it can be challenging but it's most definitely doable don't let anyone ever tell you that you're going to be stuck with this for life you can reverse it you can uh, reduce and eliminate all the inflammation and get your your endocrine system back on track is it going to be easy probably not are you going to be stretched yes but you know you're learning everything um, and you and you're becoming a the new you Okay. You are throwing out those emotional patterns that actually got you into that state in the first place. You're throwing those out and you, you're reinventing yourself. And don't let, don't let those uh, words make you think like, I can't do it or I won't be able to do it or I don't know what to do. You don't need to know to do anything. I'll help you with it and we'll take it step by step. As you learn, so you go. On a lighter note, because you mentioned Kruger National Park, so mm. the game, they probably know you now, don't they? They probably think oh, it's famous. <laughs> they probably think it's a doctor again, isn't it? And his family, leave him alone, eh? <laughs> uh, you know, if I think back twenty years when we first came here, it was like, wow, look at all those animals. Look, oh, we saw this, we saw the lion, we saw, and now you know you see it, and you're like, oh, okay. Um, what are you doing here, those... isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> what do you want? <laughs> Uh, yeah. But now every time it is it is uh, breathtaking. And, uh, I mean, I remember that we were driving along a section of road and there were these elephants and they big, gracious things, except if you are in the way of the elephant and it starts flapping its ears, you've got to either make sure that you can reverse really quickly or, you know, that, that they go off into the bush. There have been a few close calls, but it's, um, you know, I'm still here to tell the story and it was... It was fun at that time, and now you're used to those things where maybe a, a visitor to the park from a different area of the world is not used to that. They would be totally 
overwhelming thing, you know, but it's it's just part of um, life now. That's what happens, you know. So you know, he, it reminds me of a story. My uncle, um, who was a homeopath, was uh, lived in Nairobi. And I mm -hmm. went there several times, and uh, of course, he he helped me a, a great amount. Um, and also watching him work in the clinic, and and you know him mentoring me and learning from him. Okay. And I remember that on a weekend, the his my cousin, his eldest son, took me to Nairobi National Park, and mm -hmm. there was a slope, so we had to go uphill, and it was a small car, and it was myself, uh, my wife, himself, and his wife. As he went uh, up the slope, the car conked out, and it stopped. And we were in the national park, so giraffes, elephants, uh, uh, cheetahs, and so forth. And he said, can you get out and push? <laughs> and I said, um, this is a true story. I said, you're joking, right? Because obviously for me, the fear factor was uh, exaggerated thousands of times more than for him. He said, no, we yes. can't go anywhere. Otherwise, the car's rolling back. So I, I did it very reluctantly and with great fear. And as yes. I pushed the car up, you know, once the car starts, um, it, it, you know, he, he pushed the accelerator down and it wasn't far, but he just drove off. And I'm just standing there thinking, well, that's it then. This is the end. You know, yes. this is not the way I wanted to go. I haven't even started my career yet, you know, <laughs> but, <laughs> <laughs> you know, to, to, to be trampled on or eaten up wasn't very yeah. nice but <clears throat> going back to to actually on on a serious note it you know grounding yourself and seeing the beauty of nature the the greenery that's been created the beautiful bird songs in the morning it's so important isn't it you mentioned you know headphones and mics and screens and we're all surrounded and they can see you of course and it, you're surrounded as well it's so important to switch off and I'm sure you have very different conversations when you're in Kruger Park for the weekend or anywhere nice when you've switched off to when you're at work or you're at home. Those conversations are so much more productive, aren't they? Absolutely. You know, from a physiological perspective, you, you've down-regulated your cortisol. You're not in that fight-or-flight state. You like your your vision almost changes. You can see the beauty in the situation as opposed to, oh, I'm wasting time or I need to get there before they close or whatever that story is and, and uh, you are able to feel more and, and process so much better you know um, and people maybe won't can't relate to it if they are in that state of push push rush rush go go and, and let's face it Atik, when you're in that push push rush rush state or i'll call it a sympathetic state your body is not you uh not in a state to heal it's in a state of survival mm. you know I, I i talk to patients who uh, have got infertility Right, and the majority of them that have got infertility, they they like that because they're in the sympathetic state. And I say to them, listen, if you uh, were wanting to get it on here with your husband and everything like that, and then all of a sudden someone burst into the room with a gun and held you up, would you still be wanting to make out with your husband? They like look at me. No, of course not. I'd be better if I was something else. I said, well, that's how your body is, and when it's in that state, it's not in a position to get pregnant. So you have to get into that parasympathetic or that resting and digesting state to allow your body to start healing. And not many people today are in that state, in that condition long enough. They don't sleep properly. Okay, they are always stressed. So 
healing is going out the window like that. You have to make a concerted effort, more so now than ever before. You know, something as simple as I've always got my cell phone on and I'm sleeping uh, with it next to my bed. That is stopping you from getting into your, your delta sleep, which is when your body goes into the autophagy and the regeneration and recovery. So many people sleep with a, with a root on in, uh, in the house, okay? You're stopping your healing. You're stopping your body from regenerating. Why can't I get better? I've been taking this bloody homeopathy for so long now, or I've been taking those pills for so long, it's not working. It's not the remedy, okay? It's the situation that you find yourself in, the environment that you find yourself in. Your body is not able to relax, recover, and regenerate because of those stresses and those pressures. So your environment is hugely important. Um, Anthony, it's been an absolute uh, pleasure. And I must say that... Um, there are some beautiful reels, Instagram reels that uh, Dr. Anthony is uh, pushing out there as far as autoimmune disorders and, and thyroid tips and advice. His Instagram handle is Dr. And this is all lowercase, Dr. Underscore Anthony underscore DePontes. And or you can just follow me like underscore treats like and, and you'll see me um, of, often sharing his story. And for more information, you can also go to drdepontis.com. It's been uh, it's been great uh, talking to you on the Homeopathy Health Show. Thank you so very much. And I do hope that uh, sometime next year, you will come back and we can follow on with this conversation on autoimmune disorders and the, the way homeopathy, alongside maybe some other uh, guidance and tips, can, can really make these changes to someone's life. Well, I think I can't believe the time is over already, but yes, no, for sure we'll do that. I've actually got something up my sleeve. I'm just busy working on maybe by next year sometime we'll uh, we'll have that up and up and running. We can we can chat about that, eh? Oh, brilliant. I very much look forward to it. Thank you so very much. Thanks for the opportunity, Tick. I do hope you've enjoyed this week's episode of the Homeopathy Health Show. Please do support the show by clicking follow on my socials. Remember, the more exposure the podcast receives, the better for homeopathy around the world. You can find me on Instagram by searching for at like underscore treats like and on both Facebook and TikTok by searching for at like treats like. So let's promote the voice of homeopathy on radio and podcast around the world together. Don't forget to visit me online at www.liketreatslike.co.uk and click on the radio and podcast tab. Here you'll be able to see all the guests that have joined me on the show so far. And of course, you can stream on demand the latest episode to your mobile, tablet or PC. Until next time, stay safe and take care.